There are so many things as humans that we don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. I'm your host, Steffi, aka The Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher, and I'm here to take you on an exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to Source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the Psychic Scoop. Hello, my lovely ones. (laughs) Sounds like I'm reaching a portal. Hello, lovely ones. Welcome back to Psychic Scoop. I am your obviously awkward host, Steffi. You also know me as the Spirit Sis. I am a psychic medium astrologer and intuition teacher. Today, I wanted to do a little bit of a looser format. I wanted to answer your questions, your burning questions. (laughs) I asked you online what you wanted to hear about. And today is going to be kind of like a spiritual question and answer format. And I'm just going to channel in, connect to source, connect to spirit and answer to the best of my abilities. And just in general, before I pop in to your burning questions, as I once said. I want to just thank you. I have so much gratitude for you listening and for all of your support. I'm getting a lot of DMs and emails, and it's just really overwhelming in the best way. When I started this podcast, sorry, when Spirit told me to do this podcast, I had no idea that it would be so well received. And I just wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart. It means so much to me. This is something I really love doing. It's really helping me with my creativity and even my channeling during the days. So I just wanted to thank you for that. And also, if you're feeling really generous, more than normal, (laughs) I would love for you to rate and and review the podcast if it feels in alignment for you. That really helps put me on the map so more people all over the world can listen in. Apparently, Germany. Hey, guys, I was top 50 in spirituality in Germany. So I wanted to say hello to you guys. What's up? For anyone listening all over the world, I'm so happy the internet could connect us and so we can have these really deep, really open, really vulnerable conversations about spirituality because as you guys know, my journey being a psychic was definitely not, I wasn't out and proud all my life. I actually suppressed my intuition and my psychic abilities based off of, you know, conditioning and how I was raised and where I grew up and judgment. I was so scared to come out as a psychic and and really express myself in this way. So that's why I think this is a very safe space. And I always want to make it a safe space, a sacred space, wherever you're listening to this, even if it's <laughs> alone under a pillow, under a blanket, whatever, however you're listening to this, I want to know that you are safe, you're loved, you're protected. And I see you, I hear you, I feel you. Okay, I'm going to just pop on into your questions. Let's go. Okay, a lot of questions I got about dreams. I got three to four specific questions about dreams, but I'm going to put them all under the same umbrella because I think everyone is just very curious about my take, my interpretation on dreams. And really early in my mediumship, I would even say as early as when I was 13, 14, I was the go-to person that would interpret 
interpret everyone's dreams. And I didn't realize at the time that I was actually channeling, <laughs> but there's a lot of psychology that goes behind dreams. You know, if you go online and you Google like snake dream, which I used to have snake dreams all the freaking time, still do. So I'm like, oh, in a past life, did I die of a snake? What happened? And you know, you Google like snake dream and all of this weird stuff comes out about being sexually repressed or feeling powerless and la 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 la. And as much as that can really resonate in the moment, I think the analysis of dreams is really more on the spiritual plane of consciousness. Even though you can Google water and it means this, that's just some arbitrary person online that is literally just putting up a blog of what they think it means. Now, there's really a lot of psychoanalysis that can go behind a dream. And if you want to go to a therapist that specializes in that, that is actually totally recommended because they can link it back to your subconscious. But really what's happening when you are interpreting a dream or when I used to interpret dreams is I'd listen to the emotion behind the dream. I'd listen to what they were saying, how they were saying it, Were they fearful? Were they excited? Were they confused? All of these qualities embody the deeper messaging behind the dream. Because, you know, when you go to sleep, your body rests, it slows down, but your soul doesn't rest. Your soul is on a freaking amazing journey. It goes all the way through all these realms and and it can maybe even travel back to spirit. It can go all over the world. Your soul doesn't need to sleep. Your body needs to sleep. So there are a lot of times where your soul will really try to transcend and communicate to you deeper way. But (laughs) with that being said, there are also just random, random dreams that make no sense that you shouldn't really look into. Like, oh my gosh, that's so weird. I had a dream that I met Barney and he was at my bat mitzvah, but I'm not Jewish. And then all of a sudden my grandma was there and she was wearing a polka dotted skirt. You know, it's just like, where did my brain come up with this? And do I need to be committed? Am I worried about my mental health at this point in my brain? (laughs) That's how it feels sometimes. I legitimately had a dream the other night about Blockbuster. Do you guys remember Blockbuster? My 90s kids will remember. But I had this crazy dream about Blockbuster and that I was... (laughs) Like giving out as an act of kindness blockbuster movies and then I got in trouble. Anyway, I don't want to bore you with dreams because don't you realize when other people are telling you like their dreams, how boring it is? It means literally nothing to you. And even though you're trying to be a good friend and listen to them, you're like, why do I care? (laughs) Doesn't everyone feel that way? I'm just calling a spade a spade. No one cares about your dream where you met Barney at your bar mitzvah. There is a messaging to be said about dreams, but it's not something I think you need to like carry throughout your day-to-day life. You wake up, you can write it in a dream journal. If obviously, if there's a theme that keeps happening, like if you keep seeing a hawk, a butterfly, a spirit messenger in your dream, there might be something more to that. And there's also points of your life where you will dream more, especially when you're ignoring your intuition, they'll amplify. And whenever I'm having like very noisy dreams or nightmares, I'm realizing that during my waking life, I'm not really listening to my intuition. I'm not in alignment. So that can all mean something. But at the end of the day, if it feels really meaningful, if it feels like it is a message, it definitely is. I don't know. It's hard to discern like what your subconscious is working through. You know, you shouldn't be going on Facebook and finding Lisa and being like, oh my gosh, I had a dream that you died in this like horrible accident. Anyway, how are you? What's going on? Like it's just going to freak 
that person out. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Um, pay attention. You know, there are very rare instances where maybe your higher self is having a premonition that they are going to die or something's going to happen. And that's not any reason to go and run and tell someone they have free will. They have their own karma. So anyway, be mindful of your dreams, but also don't stress about it too much, especially if it's someone that you really haven't been in contact with in a long time. Now, there are dreams that I absolutely have to note that have a very significant spiritual meaning, and those are called visitations. So if someone you loved passed away and they come to visit you in a dream and it's just a normal day, maybe you guys are hanging out, maybe you're going to the park or you're doing an activity that you really love to do together, that almost always is the spirit communicating with you and letting you know that they're okay. So sometimes you can have random dreams that don't make sense where the person is still there and maybe in their waking life they have had like Alzheimer's or dementia and they weren't really speaking to you, but in the dream they're speaking fine. That's really their higher self connecting with your higher self, letting you know that they're okay and that they heard what you said, they understand what you went through, and they're perfectly okay on the other side. But what I will say is you have to be open and then after that dream, just thank them out loud. Say thank you so much. I really appreciated you visiting me and I'm open for you to visit me more. It's a I'll see you soon. It is a way of their soul coming to visit you again and saying, oh, we'll reunite again. Visitations should feel very realistic, but they also feel very comforting. It's a way to work through your grief. But to end this topic on dreams, if it means something to you, if you feel like it's a message, it probably is a message. If it feels like it's just a regurgitation of some random stuff your brain saw that day, like a random yellow school bus you were behind, and then your mom mentioned, you know, some TV show she watched, and then you have a dream about it, you know, like that could just be your brain sussing out and kind of dumping information so you don't have to hold on to that. Personally, when I am in the, the highest vibration and I'm listening to my intuition daily and I'm taking care of my mind, body, and soul, I will not have any dreams, not one, or I at least won't remember them. When I am going through a little bit of turmoil, a little bit of stress, moments of weakness, or maybe when I'm not listening to my intuition and I'm doing things that I know aren't necessarily in alignment or I'm not listening or the red flags are glaring, that's when I'll dream more. That's when communication comes in or that's when my brain is kind of overworked and that's when I'll have all those dreams that make no sense and it just like confuses you more. So the more you ground, the more you meditate, the more you flush out information through journaling through talking, through exercising, that'll feel really good and will give you a more restful sleep. Now on the sleep thing, I got a question about sleep paralysis. And sleep paralysis is basically you wake up before your body does and your brain is awake, but your body is still and it feels like you are pinned to your bed. And most of the time you're awake. So you, your eyes open, you see your surrounding, you see that you're still in your room in your bed, but it feels almost always like there's someone sitting on your chest. There feels like a dark energy in the room. You can sometimes hear laughing. You can sometimes you're snickering, you can sometimes see some sort of entity holding you down. It is so terrifying. And anyone who's experienced this, I'm, I deeply empathize with you because it is one of the most scarier thing that's happened to me. And I've seen dead people my whole life and sleep paralysis is something that is absolutely horrific. I will say sleep paralysis in a spiritual sense does feel to me like there is a lot of darkness so I've gotten sleep paralysis three times in my life. 
The first two times of my life that happened, I was having massive panic and anxiety attacks. I was not listening to my inner voice and my intuition. And I was with a partner who was a narcissist and was extremely toxic, as well as living under the roof of my emotionally abusive and narcissistic father. So what happens when you are going through these patterns in waking life, like I talked about with dreams, and you're continuing to invite in toxic people and you're not listening to your higher self or you're going down the wrong path or you're using drugs or alcohol or medication to tone down or to manage things, there will be times where you will have sleep paralysis. For me, what happened the first time is there was a gargoyle sitting on my chest. Now, I wanted to reiterate that I'm not talking about this on a medical level. There, I'm sure there is a very scientific explanation that makes sense. I am not one to knock on science or medicine here. I am just giving you my spiritual perspective on how things happen. I just want to like say that here because I don't like want anybody to be like, you're an idiot. I'm sure you'll think that anyway. <laughs> but just in general, I, I want to say that this is all coming from my personal experience. It's just an opinion that I have. I feel like now in these days, I have to preface everything because I could get canceled just by literally saying a demon sat on my chest and they did. So whatever. (laughs) If you don't align with it, bye-bye. Any hoodle. Sleep paralysis has happened to me three times and all three times I can 100% say without a shadow of a doubt, I was accepting very toxic behavior in my life. And when that happens, the toxic entities will attract to you you. So whenever a client's having sleep paralysis, it's either because they're either in some sort of an emotionally abusive relationship, they are doing some sort of self-harm, self-sabotage to their own body, or they're self-medicating in some way, or they are just having so much severe like depression and anxiety that they are kind of crippling themselves, forming insomnia. But if you're scared and you and this happens to you, that is the biggest wake-up call from your higher consciousness, from your angels to wake up. Wake, wake, wake up. And don't be scared about if it will happen again or if there's a darker entity attached to you or anything, that's not necessarily what it means. It just means that you need to slow down and you need to take care of yourself to focus on listening to your guides, your intuition, and getting the help you need. That is definitely where your priorities should be. Okay, next question. I had a really sweet person ask me, you know, what really goes down in a psychic reading? Like, what can I expect? Because I think people get a little spooked. They get scared and... I can just talk about my experience. Well, actually, I've been to psychics and it's been an array of experiences. But when you're in a reading with me, this is what you can expect. First of all, I'm not going to tell you when you're going to die. So don't don't be scared about that. That's not how my gifts work. So I want you to rest easy knowing that. That's a very, very rare psychic gift. I'm sure there are psychics out there that can do that, but I I just don't think that's in anyone's best interest because you have free will and there is a lot of ways you can choose to exit this lifetime. And all of us have kind of already predetermined that through our soul contract. And we also have a couple different exit points that you can choose when to die. And there's a few different ways. So we can talk about death a whole nother episode in the psychic reading. I am just, as you can tell, a very millennial human being 
I am just a normal-ish human being and I am just tapping into your energetic field and I am communicating with your spirit guides who are telling me in messenger style what to say back to you. So basically a psychic reading is like sitting down for a game of charades. In the most ideal psychic setting, you are very open, you are happy, you are in a really good place where you are open for messages. So you come on in and I'm like, hey, what's up? And then I'll instantly feel into your body. Energetically, I'll get messages. I'm clairsentient. So right off the bat, I will scan your body and I will kind of feel where in your body you might be holding tension or where you might have like a blocked chakra. But then I tap into your spirit guides. So your spirit guides are talking to me, talking to my guides and giving me information. They'll either say a name or tell me a message or show me a picture. And then I have to decipher in my head what the heck that message means. And then I tell you about it. So it's really a thing about like, don't kill the messenger because there are sometimes, well, I will say something like so freaking random and the person will be like discouraged. Oh, I'm sorry. Like I have no idea why they're showing me hot dogs, but there's something about hot dogs, you know? And then it's fast forward six months and they reach out to me and they're like, oh my God, I met the love of my life at a hot dog eating contest. And I was like, got it. Okay. (laughs) It happens way more often than you think. I will say something so freaking random and it will not make sense. They ask their mom or their grandma or someone in their family and they're like, oh my gosh, yes, that was her favorite thing to eat or that was her favorite flower or whatever. And so spirit is just kind of telling me something that I don't know about that I have to then discern the message. And a lot of time when spirit comes through, I do feel their personality. I feel how they were in life. They show me what they love to do. A lot of grandpas come through and they're like playing golf now. They're happy. I, I see lots of golf courses. <laughs> but you know, it, it's, a, it's an interesting way to interpret a message. For example, I used to be terrified of clowns and maybe spirit will show me a clown and To me, I'm like, oh, that's like a terrifying message. But a clown could mean something different to the person I'm channeling for. Maybe they had a really, really big connection to clowns. I mean, I don't, that's, this is a weird example. Like clowns are scary, but maybe they had a good connection to clowns because maybe their grandma always took them to the fair. And maybe the grandma's stepping forward to say, hey, like I'm showing you a clown. So yeah, that's why charades are difficult in the spirit world. And that's when my human beingness and my ego can get in the way. But I'm very thankful that I've worked on that. And that was something you really have to open overcome when you're trying to be a psychic is there's no ego involved. I don't personally care if the message doesn't make sense to the client. It's exactly what spirit's saying. And I've debunked it many, many times. Like I know that I'm not crazy. (laughs) I've now had, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of clients who I've connected them to their loved ones. So I have to get my ego out of the way. When I'm channeling for you, I am actually not remembering what I'm channeling because I'm so open when it's happening. They're basically just using my body and my mind as a vessel. Now, when I'm channeling, I'm in a very theta-like state. So it's almost like a meditation state. I'm very calm. What's coming through me is just very matter of fact, and there is no emotion involved with it. So you'll notice when I am channeling, I talk in a very monotone voice, and I kind of just go into this zone state. But you know, I try not to get any of my own human emotion involved in the message. But obviously, as soon as the message is delivered, depending on how the client is feeling, 
after getting that message, I'm obviously back to myself, back to my cancerness where I I have to check in and make sure everything's okay. So anyway, that's kind of like the gist of what happens in a psychic reading. Now, here's when not to go to a psychic. You really shouldn't be going to a psychic if you are going through the worst time of your life, you are not knowing what to do, or you have very bad depression. That's a good time to seek a clinical therapist or a psychotherapist. I think a lot of times people think they can go to a psychic that can channel in and fix what's going on with a Band-Aid. And a lot of that really deep psychological work actually has to be done in therapy first, just because I've seen some clients who have been in that really deep despair state and spirit refuses to come through in those situations, unless it's a do or die situation where their life is on the line and I've had to intervene. It's very rare that spirit wants to be chatty when that soul isn't doing the work. You know, a good time to go to a psychic is when, you know, done the journaling, done the shadow work, you're just kind of confused about a few things. You just need a little more in alignment, but you're completely open to the message. You feel really happy and good in your own life. Those are the best psychic sessions I've seen. When people come to me and they're so open and they're like, oh yeah, I have like literally have zero expectations. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm just so happy to connect with you. Like, thanks so much. I give the most profound psychic messages when that happens because they're so open. Their heart chakra is open and spirit wants to give the message to that person because they're not desperate to hear it and they're in a place of healing where any type of message of someone who's passed, you know, if it's not hurting them anymore, they're done with their grieving, the message will come through really clear and that person can be really happy in an acceptance of where that person's soul is at. Hopefully that all made sense. I know I kind of rambled a little bit, but that's kind of what to expect on a psychic reading. It's a, it's really such a beautiful gift. I've been to psychics my whole life and obviously now being a psychic, I will say that it is really, really meaningful to connect with a psychic and it feels really good to have them kind of reaffirm and validate what you're going through. Next question. Someone asked about my psychic experiences in my life, scary stories or stories that have happened and dating and stuff. And I I could fill a whole nother podcast with that. But listen, like dating is freaking awkward as a psychic. I've dated a hell of a lot of douchebags. I've dated a lot of narcissists. You know, I'm also living a human experience, so I'm not really privy to that information because that affects my karma. (laughs) So I'm laughing because it's part of my journey, but do you know how many first dates I've been on that didn't turn into second dates because I channeled for them on the date? This happened to me so many times. One particular situation was so funny. The guy like could not even finish the date. He literally said to me like, I need to go now. And I was, can I finish my drink? I channeled his grandma. His, his grandma was lovely, by the way. Dating was really difficult. You know, a lot of times I would hide that I was a psychic. I wouldn't tell people right away, but I would still have my crazy intuition and say things, you know, like one time I was on a date and I channeled for the server and that was also super awkward. I mean, like, and the server was crying and I was holding their hands and, you know, I connected them with their dad who had passed away. Anyway, yeah, dating is was uncomfortable, but it really sucked as a part of my my journey as an empath because I did draw in a lot of that really negative vampire energy. And it was just always so difficult to discern because a lot of times, even in relationships with narcissists, and unfortunately I've been in three, oh, um, it was really hard to channel during that time. And a lot of times I'd try to tap into their energy and it would be a black brick wall. And I would always be like, mm, that's really interesting. Hello, that 
is a clear signal that spirit is like, dude, this person is a black brick wall. Like, do not. And I was like, let me just try to see if I can channel and break this wall down. Anyway, yeah, psychics, dating, uncomfortable. Thankfully, I found a partner who is really open and happy and lets me just be a complete freak whenever all my little psychicness, he lets it just fly. He's super chill. And that's cool. Okay, few questions about past lives. Is a past life regression a intense experience? And the answer is yes and no. It really depends on what you're going through in your waking life and what past life you decide to go into. Now, it can be intense just because it's a very visual interpretation of what you've already lived. And if you have a lot of karma you're still working through and that past life experience is brought up for you to remember and have that soul remembering of what happened, it could be definitely intense. Like, whoa, I I totally remembered that. And that was my relationship. And that's how I died. And now I understand that. And not every past life experience is super pleasant. I've had a lot of clients who have gone through some more traumatic deaths or some sort of tragedy in their past life. And, you know, it can definitely bring up a lot of repressed emotion. But what's good about going through that experience is that's exactly what it's supposed to bring up. That awareness that, oh, now it's clicking. This is why I'm so scared of that. This is why I'm carrying that guilt. Because sometimes your soul remembers it and carries it through you because it's some sort of karmic lesson. So an intense past life experience is so, so, so healing in a lot of ways. You, and you shouldn't be scared of it. It's it's really a beautiful, profound thing to realize where that intensity has really hindered you in this life. And the best part about it is you don't have to relive that pain anymore. You can let it go. And a lot of times our ego is attached to the pain. Your soul, as you transition and reincarnate, doesn't want to remember some of that pain, you know, unless it's karmic. But, you know, you're in a body. Body feels pain, but body is ruled by the mind. The soul doesn't rule the mind. Your soul is your soul. So, Anyway, there's a lot of ways that you don't have to feel your past life experiences, past life deaths. It just sometimes can happen. Now, past life experiences can be intense in a great way. You can go through and recognize your relationships with people and how amazing it feels to be reconnected with them and what your meaning is in this lifetime and what you're truly meant to do and how you're meant to do it. So it can be a really, really rewarding experience. And past life regression is one of my favorite modalities that I provide because it is so cool to see so many different people have so many different experiences, different races than what they are, different religions, different upbringings, different sexes. You know, if you are a female now, it's possible you were a male in a past life. So it's just very cool to see that. And I've seen everything, everything under the sun. I have seen people living in in Morocco, in France, in in India, in Saudi Arabia, in Atlanta even, you know, and I've seen people die in many different ways. I've seen people get stabbed. I've seen people drown. I've seen people die of old age. I've seen people die in wars. People die from murder. There's a lot of things that I've seen and it's from people who are awake living now in, in real life. It's very cool. Another person had asked, what is it like on my end? Like, what am I experiencing? So the reason why I think it's such a cool experience for me 
and for the person I'm giving the regression to is they're coming up with the regression in their own time. I am just assisting them in getting them to that place where they can really see it themselves. So even though sometimes in my channeling, I'm able to say, oh, this is how you were in a past life or this is how you died. I really like that 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 person I'm giving the regression to can see it and visualize it for themselves. So on my end, spirit is showing me a little bit of the scene and I'm able to kind of tap into what's going on. And then they're leading me to the questions to ask them to get them into deeper analysis of what's going on. It just depends from person to person. Some people need a lot of coaching and a lot of help on my end. And I even notice depending on how they are as the person, their personality will change. So a lot of times, like if they were a child, they'll start speaking in a high-pitched voice and they'll they're, they'll have shorter answers because their vocabulary isn't as large. Or sometimes if they are a masculine energy, a male in a past life, they will have a very demanding presence and I will actually hear their voice, even if it's like female in this lifetime, I will hear their voice lower two octaves. But since the client is in a very peaceful theta meditative state when this is happening and I'm not bringing attention to how their body is shifting. Now I'm also taking care of their body during the regression with some techniques of energy healing, energy moving, chakra clearing, and some Reiki. So I'm basically going through each of their chakras and I'm energetically touching and feeling if there's any type of trauma they're holding from the past life and I'm just gently moving it through. So in person when I'm doing the regressions, that's what I'm doing. It truly is such an amazing gift to be able to help people go through this 40-minute meditation and then it comes with journal prompts and you can do this as many times as you want. I've actually done the regression on myself and I've learned some crazy things about my past lives even though I already know about eight of my past lives. You can still learn more. There's still more to learn. So <laughs> someone asked how to tap into their own psychic abilities. And I have a lot of information about this in my Awaken Your Intuition course. So I highly recommend you look into that. It's like seven days of online lessons. It's not even just to tap into your psychic abilities. It is that, but it's also how to become more aware of your own choices and be aligned in your everyday life so you can make the decisions on your own. So you don't have to ask other people for their opinions or or get a psychic to answer it for you. It's like you can answer it for yourself. So highly recommend that. There's a lot of good info in there. And I think that'll help you with your psychic abilities. But if I was giving you like some hot tips, I would really recommend having physical self-awareness, like listen to what your body says and slowing down meditation and breath work, journaling and all that stuff is really, really good for your channeling abilities. Someone asked if it was really scary being a psychic and seeing ghosts at a young age. And, you know, I was never really scared because that's all I knew. But I will say, I think when I was going through puberty and my gifts were getting stronger, I think it did really scare me because I was getting a visitation every single night by this one particular ghost of our next door neighbor until I eventually helped her cross over. But I think growing up, I mean, I saw things all the time and and I know for a fact my angels visited me all the time because I remembered their faces. And it was just kind of tough to live that life, but it wasn't anything that I didn't know. I mean, it was normal for me. I remember the first time I saw my angel, she was standing by my nightlight and she was really, really angelic. She had this beautiful like golden yellow yellow aura around her and she didn't have a face, but she had this kind of roundish body and it looked almost like a dress, but it wasn't. It was almost like a star shape. I don't know how to 
to describe it, but I knew even being four or five years old, I had this resonance that it was someone I had known and I felt really, really calm in her presence. Now, in my bedroom growing up, I had a little trundle bed and I had one of my best friends. She would always come over and have sleepovers and she would leave almost all the time at like two, three in the morning and she would be crying and we'd have to call her mom to come pick her up. And I never understood why because I was like, I don't get it. Like, what? I sleep at her house all the time. Like, why can't she sleep at mine? And I would like get butt hurt by this. And then it wasn't until we had grown up and, you know, her and I kind of separated in friend groups, but we had still like had, you know, a lot of respect for one another. But we were, I think, like 17. We were seniors in high school and we were at this party and she's like, can I talk to you? I was like, of course, like, duh, like, what do you, what's up? And she's like, I need to talk to you like alone. So she pulls me around this corner and she's like, I've never told anyone this in my entire life, but I need to tell you this. And it's something that I literally still think about. She's like, do you remember when I would stay at your house and I would leave in the middle of the night? It wasn't because I miss my mom. Like I said, it was because I always, saw this woman standing at the edge of your bed watching over you by your nightlight. (laughs) And I felt so calm hearing that. I know that sounds so crazy. Like it has totally traumatized her, but like I know that was my guardian angel, but it was a real moment of clarity for me. I gave her a hug. I said, yeah, that's my angel. And her and I talked about it. And I think that gave her some relief too, because I think all these years she thought she was crazy. And yeah, I thought at first, like maybe it was like a ghost or something, but since it she described the woman, she's like, oh yeah, she kind of had like the star pattern. And it, yeah, we just, it was just really cool, cool moment. To answer that question, it's just all I've ever known. I saw ghosts at a very young age. I've always connected to spirit. I've always had a crazy good intuition at times of my life stronger than others, especially when I was a child. It was the strongest it'd been before, you know, my conditioning and my family or anyone told me that what I was seeing was crazy, quote unquote. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't I don't think I was scared. It wasn't until I was like 15, 16 when I was seeing it a ton that I realized I needed to have some tools in my arsenal. So thankfully I have all those tools now and, and I'm not perfect perfect, but I say that I definitely don't see ghosts nearly as much as I used to. Okay, I think that's all I'm going to answer for now for this first q and If you guys like this format, I'm more than happy to answer anything, anything, no stone unturned. I will answer any psychic question you have. I also believe everyone is a psychic and we all have different ways of expressing and tapping in. But at the end of the day, what you ask for, you will receive. So if you want to channel and you want to be open, that's something that you should ask for. Ask the universe, ask your spirit guides. If you don't and this stuff spooks you and you're like, please, for the love of God, I don't want to see ghosts. I don't want to deal with that. Then don't. And ask for that. Ask them to protect you. So uh, how do I even wrap this up? A lot of this, this information is bigger than me. And I'm not a crazy expert just because I'm a psychic. I'm still a human being living a a very mediocre human being experience. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed this format. It was really cool to see all of your questions. Also, a lot of you are channeling yourselves. I mean, a lot of the questions were very similar (laughs) in like crazy cool ways. So I really appreciate it if you submitted your question. If I didn't get to your question, it wasn't personal. It was just a time thing. And I'm more than happy to answer that in another Q&A. So you know how to reach me. I do polls and Q&As on my Instagram. And I put a lot of fun information on there to help you with spirit underscore sis or you can check out my website and all of my offerings and services which is spiritsis.com love ya and thank you so much for listening until next time bye bye